Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. For guys like me, Las Vegas washes away your sins. It's like a morality car wash. Is that an actual... Gangster movie you've seen? It's the only one. We'll talk about that later. You've got some prime embarrassment coming. Welcome and welcome back. Steve Rosenblum and Trash Panda with you. He's in for Grody, he's in for Espo, he's in for Grody. We don't, we don't even know if Grody's part of the show or not anymore, but his name's on it. Saturday Suckage and the Wake and Bake Club. And we're going to the Score Hotline. Score Hotline is presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. And joining the show is BetQL host Ryan Horvat of BetMGM tonight. Ryan is brought to us today by BetMGM, the king of sports books. And Ryan, I was just talking with you before we bring you on here. I hope you, you didn't have too much or any money on Baylor because they're getting worked right now. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, guys. I'm gonna have to start. Uh, we're gonna have to start treating Mark Grody like he's the Ben Simmons. Of the <laughs> guy, guy well. never shows up to work. Um, you know what? Actually, it's f- funny enough. So we've been, we were at uh, MGM. We were doing our live remotes the last couple of days for the uh, tournament, which is awesome. Mitch came up yesterday. Good times out in uh, out in Maryland. Um, so yesterday, um, after the show, I was playing poker and. I looked at the line and it was five and a half. The spread was five and a half for Baylor. And like, I like this Baylor team. I just don't love this Baylor team. Now they're the defending national champions, but they lost a lot from that team, including Devion Mitchell. So I actually took a shot with Carolina on the money line. I wish, I wish the price was a little bit better. It was plus 200. Um, so Carolina is looking really good here. The only problem is I took the under and I don't think either teams missed a shot for like the last 15 minutes, but I did take Carolina luckily in the upset. It's been a crazy tournament. Like I've been going back and forth. All season long. So I played a future on Arizona before the season even began. And uh, then I'm watching the bracketology shows and Seth Davis and all these guys. And everybody has the same national championship. It's Arizona and Gonzaga. And so I was like, okay, well, I can't, I can't go chalk. So I switched a couple of my brackets and picks the last minute. And I went with Kentucky. And they get knocked out by St. Peter's. Ooh. So my brackets are already dead the opening night. So it just shows, like, nobody knows anything when it comes to college basketball, really. I, what was the number you got on Arizona? On Arizona, so I got twenty-five to one, and I and then um, I played it again during the season. After like three weeks into the season, it was eight to one, and then right before the season, or I'm sorry, right before the tournament, it went down to plus six hundred, six to one. Because 
you know, they weren't really even expected to be a top five team in the country. You know, there was a couple teams I did take a shot with, like in the Big Ten, Wisconsin was predicted to finish second to last in the Big Ten. Um, Marquette wasn't really uh, predicted to do anything this year. So if you play these things preseason, you know, that's the way to do it with the futures. Because if you try to play it in season, you've already missed the number. You know, like Zagger right now, the Zags are like plus 300 to win the tournament. I would never play that because, you know, I thought last year's team was even better than this year's team and they couldn't get it done. So um, I usually only play the futures like in the beginning of the season or if there's a decent number, uh, you know, a couple weeks before the tournament, then maybe I'll hop on. I'm curious now, since we were, we're talking about one seeds going down, Kansas is a double digit favorite against Creighton. Do you, do you like that? at all or are you interested in that or do you think Kansas covers the spread or is it 12 12 and a half depends on where you look or are they are they in upset territory with Creighton so I think this is a good Kansas team I don't know again I don't know if it's a great Kansas team but I do just I feel like they have the easiest path as a one seed to the final four and I can't stand Kansas like there's not many I, I really don't care but like I'm just not a big Bill Self guy I don't really like Kansas but like with Creighton I feel like they run out of gas today. Now, 11 and a half is a huge spread, so I didn't play it. But if I was going to play this game, I'd probably only lay the points with Kansas. Like Creighton, they were down 14 in the second half to San Diego State. They had to come back to win that game. Uh, now they're without their starting center. You know, they're already beat up. They're without their point guard. Um, so I just think that this is going to be a huge mis- mismatch today. You know, Kansas is big. They're physical. I think they're going to kill them on the glass today. So if I was going to play this game, it'd probably be Kansas. I can't stand Kansas. But, again, I do think they have the easiest path to the Final Four, like if you look at the bracket. Our guest is Ryan Horvat, MGM, and we're talking NCAA tournament. We're talking all the college hoops. Is this you, – you keep talking about good teams, not great teams. And yeah. I in your – I I haven't seen actual numbers, so it's anecdotal. And maybe I just watched too much Loyola basketball and and wondered, has college basketball gotten so much worse? You were talking about nobody's, you know, the you bet the under, and here nobody's in in uh, North Carolina and and Baylor, nobody's missed a shot or whatever. It's just it it's been an awful looking tournament. The passion has been there. My MVP is the Indiana cheerleader who rescued the ball atop the game yeah. clock, right? But yeah. and and that was the highlight. But there's been and that was that sums up the kind of bad shooting there is that a ball would end up there in this tournament. Does it seem worse than usual? Is it worse than usual? What's your take on this? And how does well, that affect? Up. And how does that affect where you go with your money? Yeah, you know, and it really does, like, because some of these spreads are just so inflated. You know, like, I just got done talking about Kansas. They're 11 and a half point favorite against Creighton. You know what I mean? Like, this is an NCAA tournament game, and they're still double-digit favorites. I just think, even though they're a good team, that's a little bit inflated of a number. That's why I wouldn't play it. And it's like, I, I do agree with you. And going back, like, even 10, 15 years ago, like, when I first really got into college basketball and you would just fill out the bracket or maybe you started picking games, I felt like, you know, right before March, like you could pick out the five to six teams that had a legit shot to be national champions. Like, especially like in the early nineties, you know, it was Duke with Christian Leitner and Bobby Hurley, you know, UNLV, but there were great teams, even the fab five, like they were a great team, especially that second year before they all bolted. Um, now with the one and dones, you know, they're really, that's why I keep saying they really aren't a great, like Gonzaga is a great team. They're, they're a really good team, but like, look at the conference they play in. And the conference was pretty tough this year, but they got beat by St. Mary's. They can be beat. They were beat by Alabama 
who wasn't very good this year. Alabama got eliminated in the first round by Notre Dame. They can't shoot the ball. Um, so I just – that's the thing. Like, with the one and done and not – and that's why I look at a lot of these mid-major programs, right? Like, I think a lot of the good, really good teams – like, Murray State is a very good team. They have 31 wins this season. They're nationally ranked, so they're not really going to sneak up on you. But still, the committee did them absolutely no favors in their first-round matchup. They had to play San Francisco. So I think, like, the good teams, the teams that I enjoy watching are actually these mid-major teams, you know, because they have four-year players. They have coaches that are looking for their next opportunity. They run great systems. So I look at some teams like that because that's just how I felt about college basketball really the last couple of years. And now the tournament's a little bit better this year because last year we had no fans. You know, we had that Jalen Suggs game winner against UCLA, and there was really nobody there to celebrate it. But I'm with you. You know, there's been a lot of blowouts, I feel. Um, So I'm hoping that now, you know, when we get to the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight, and we get these better matchups, we see some better games, you know. Um, Because nobody wants to sit and watch a blowout. I mean, it's 71-62. I guess Baylor's making a little run here. But, you know, some of these games have been unwatchable here in the first round. How are you approaching the rest of the tournament now? Like, let's say your team you bet on or team that you had favored in your bracket, like Kentucky, gets knocked out. How do you approach the rest of the tournament as a team that you might pick up on from the round of 32 on from a betting perspective here? Yeah, like if I'll, I'll just kind of look at some numbers. Like if I was going to like I've kind of missed out on the futures market, but maybe take a look at a team like North Carolina, who's getting absolutely no respect in North Carolina. Like, the difference between college basketball and college football, like college football, if you have two early losses in the season, season over, right? You're not going to the college football playoff. College basketball, especially this year, like a lot of these teams struggled to start the season. You know, like even a team like St. Peter's, who I think is like the best team in the nation against the spread, they're 21-9 and against the number. They got off to a slow start, like 4-8, and I believe, or something like that. Because, I mean, COVID was kind of ridiculous in the start of the season where – you know, a lot of these guys were going into the protocol. Some teams were injured. But I look at a team like North Carolina, you know, new head coach, first-year head coach, and they struggled out the gate. And now, you know, to end the regular season, they won five straight. They beat Duke at Duke uh, to ruin Coach K's special day, which was hilarious. And now they're on fire. So if you want to play the futures market, look at a team like North Carolina. Um, for me, I'm just going to stick, like, I'm going to stick with Arizona. I do think Arizona is that good. Um I'm rooting for that matchup against Gonzaga because it would be a great storyline because you get like the student versus the teacher, Mark Few trying to get his first national championship. But I just look at, you know, different matchups. I like to play a lot of underdogs. I don't play a whole lot of favorites, especially double digit favorites. So like take, for example, like tonight, even though I do think the Zags are great, I'm going to play Memphis because they're 10 and a half point underdogs. They have a ton of talent. Jalen Duran's awesome. Uh, Monty Bates like left the program. Uh, he's he was a top recruit, and then he came back to the program, and Penny actually put him in the game the other day. So I don't know how much time he's going to get, but I just feel like 10.5 is way too inflated of a number. So I'm going to take Memphis. I think they could keep that within single digits. Uh, they're really deep, and they have some pros on that team. I don't know if Penny Hardaway is a great coach, but I also – the other thing is I don't think he is the head coach. Like Larry Brown's on that bench. He's the head coach. It's the same thing with Juwan <laughs> Howard at Michigan, you guys. Like that's what I would do right there is if you have a Juwan Howard or a Penny Hardaway – you make them like the spokesperson for your program, right? And then if I'm a kid, I want to get recruited by Juwan Howard, you know, a member of the Fab Five. You know, these kids, they don't know who Larry Brown is. So you see that a lot in college basketball now, like these big names as the head coach. But um, I do kind of like Memphis to cover the number today. Our guest is Ryan Horvat of M- M- Bet MGM. And so you were talking about double-digit 
favorites are double-digit underdogs. Um, let's talk about double-digit seeds and who's your favorite. You got Michigan. Today, you got Michigan against Tennessee. You got Richmond against Providence. You got St. Peter's, everyone's fave, boss fave, against Murray State. And you have New Mexico State against Arkansas. Tomorrow, you got double-digit seeds in Iowa State against Wisconsin. That could be a rock fest. Miami, uh, Miami, Florida against Auburn and Notre Dame against Texas Tech. So which double-digit seed, if any of them, do you like to move on? Yeah, great question. And I hate to say it, and I know, you know a lot of smart people are on Tennessee today, but I could see Michigan actually knocking off Tennessee. Now, they're five-and-a-half-point dogs. Uh, this team has been up and down like all season long. I didn't think they were going to win that first-round matchup against Colorado State. I just thought their guards were going to get eaten alive, and they didn't. Hunter Dickinson was awesome. He had 21 points on, like, 8 of 10 shooting. And then, you know, they're without their starting point guard right now, but they have a senior, Eli Brooks, who just really just kind of, like, took over the responsibilities, the point guard responsibilities. And he had 16 points, 12 in the second half. They shot 54% in that game, and they out-rebounded Colorado State 36-25. to And I bring that up because – Tennessee is on a roll right now, and they look really good. They just won the SEC uh, tournament last weekend. But at the same time, like the teams that they've struggled with this year have been these big physical teams. So if Hunter Dickinson doesn't pick up two early fouls, if he's able to stay on the floor and have a game like he did in that first-round matchup against Colorado State where he has 20 points, I think that they could be the team that advances, um, even though it's been such a shaky season. Like, I didn't even think they should be in the tournament. They have 18 wins. But now watch them get on a run. And then I do like Richmond. I've been playing Richmond a lot this season. Um, and this is actually – so we've seen this matchup. Um, well, I, 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 I keep going back and forth with this one, like what I want to do with Richmond. Um, you know, if you look at them, like offensively, they're pretty solid. Like Ken Palm has them 71st. They're tough to stop in the paint. They could get to the rim. I just I don't know how I feel about this matchup um, against Providence because Providence all season long has been a very hard team to figure out where, you know, they have 25 wins or whatever it is, you know, and they're in the top 10. But every single game, they've played more, you know, uh, one possession, two possession games than any team in the country. So they're not blowing teams out. They don't really cover the spread, but they just – they know how to win these close games, and that's the only reason I'm going to stay away from that one. But I have really liked Richmond. They've been playing really good lately. And, uh, again, I think that if they could play a physical brand of basketball, maybe they could pull off the upset as well. And, Ryan, can't let you out of here without asking about the Illini. A lot of people around here, of course, care about them. They they got away with one last night against the mocks of Ch- Chattanooga. <laughs> They go yeah. into Houston again as favorites. How how do you feel about the Illini taking on Houston? Yeah, so, I mean, you know, full disclosure, I, I, I'm an Illini fan if you didn't pick up when I brought up the Bill Self thing. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, couldn't pick up on that one. <laughs> so, you know, I am going to play them. I, I, so yesterday, actually, it's funny because I was on with Bernstein two weeks ago and I told him, like, he asked me about my Cinderella team. And I said, I really like Chattanooga. This is before the tournament. I said, they're going to be a tough out. I could see them getting all the way to the Sweet 16 if they get the right matchup. And then they drew Illinois, and I said, this is a terrible matchup. I think Kofi's going to eat them alive. And we're watching that game, and it looked like they were going to lose that game. In fact, like I live bet Illinois on the money line uh, plus 200 at one point in that game, or plus 175 was the number that I got uh, on the live line. It looked like they were going to lose. They were down eight points at the time. And then they rallied to win that game. I do like this matchup against Houston. Now, Houston's a scary team. They went to the Final Four last year. They bring back pretty much everybody. They're, you know, they're kind of a boring watch. They play 
really slow pace. Uh, they're one of the toughest teams defensively in the nation. But I just think that if Illinois can run with them, if they knock down their shots, if Trent Frazier knocks down his shots, you know, and Kofi doesn't get in early foul trouble again and he has 20 points, 10 boards, I think they're going to advance. I think that they could beat Houston. I was actually surprised by the line. If anything, I'd probably just take Illinois on the money line. But um, I do like this matchup. I know a lot of people are going to like Houston because they did go to the Final Four and have the experience. But uh, I just think, I think Illinois is more athletic and more talented. Ryan, really appreciate you jumping on. I know this is in the middle of a big party for you, but thank you for taking time <laughs> for us today. We appreciate it. No, thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. Enjoy the games this weekend. Me too. That was Ryan Horvat, brought to us by BetMGM. Download the app or visit BetMGM.com today. Must be 20 years or of age or older, Illinois only. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 426-2537. Or by texting ILGAMB to 53342 in partnership with Paradise Hotel Casino. He's Trash Panda. I'm Steve Rosenblum. This is Saturday Suckage. He's in for Grody, who may or may not be on the show. Not right now. Um, John Heyman tweeted out, Cubs were in on Carlos Correa, pre-lockout at least, in terms of showing interest. But after it, they decided to spend the money on outfielder Seiya Suzuki, add Anderson Simmons as a starting shortstop, and generally spread the rest of the cash around. Here's here's the reaction. I, I, that's just that's management crap. That's just being a that that's being a a, a and we can get into puppet. A, we can get into a whole different discussion on the way that owners and agents, or maybe not agents so much, but owners for sure and teams have conditioned fans and using various media members like John Heyman and Bob Nightingale kind of put the notion out there that like, oh, we only have so much money to spend when newsflash, there is no salary cap. There's just this artificial number that you have to pay a little extra if you go over. You can't, the idea that, oh, we can't sign this guy because we're spending the money somewhere else is irrelevant in Major League Baseball. And it's a conversation that I think we need to stop having because, oh, look at the Dodgers. They have this huge stacked lineup. No one wants Freddie Freeman. Okay, bring them all in. Bring them all in. We'll pay the luxury tax. We want to win. So the idea that, oh, we're spreading the money around instead of signing Carlos Correa is irrelevant to me. It's, it's not a topic of discussion for me. Yeah, you're, you're carrying water for <clears throat> ownership in that case. I don't believe that for a minute. The, the Minnesota Twins should not outperform you in that way. No. And, and again... <clears throat> Carlos Correa's one-year contract, which is probably all it would be with Minnesota, amounts to 1% of... We were just doing comparisons. We're doing cub math. Jason Benetti, don't take offense. We're doing cub math. So it was one estimated to be a little more than 1% of, oh, the purchase of a kickball team in London, just by comparison. So if a say, a fictional, a hypothetical major league owner were to try to purchase a kickball team in London for that kind of money, you would think there would be enough to get a shortstop because when you bring up Simmons' name and when a national reporter says we're going to add Simmons, like you're you're talking Ronnie Cedeno with training wheels. He's an awful hitter. 
in an age of greater offense than ever. He's a defensive replacement at best on a good team. Now, you look at what the Phillies did, and the whole Nicholas Castellanos thing will be why pitchers will revolt in Philly. That's an awful defensive team. I, I get why when you got a whole group of them. But the thing about Carlos Correa is you don't need you don't need to hide him. He can get the ball, can't he? He can field the ball. He's a good player. He's a good player defensively. He's a good player offensively. But I will say this. I am anticipating. I'm here. I'm getting my popcorn ready for the Joe Kelly, Carlos Correa showdown a whole bunch of times a year, 18, 19 times a year. I'm all for that. He's Trash Panda. I'm Steve Rosen. We'll take a break. We come back. And and um, you know what, nerd boy? Yes. We have some new movie news, some embarrassment for you. And we also have our weekly Mondegreen. We have to bring that to you. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. So, do you like stuff? Yeah. We're all about stuff here. It's Saturday Suckage. 
home of the Wake and Bake Club, Steve Rosenblum and Trash Panda with me, Adam Studzinski. In for Grody. I don't know. Do we keep saying that? It kind of sucks I we don't so. know, but it seems like that would be appropriate for this show. I think that, I think that's the, well, that's what we do on this show. Everyone's always in for someone. It is. And I think we're in for nobody. Nobody's in. Next week, we're not even here. Bern- yeah, the, the big boy show is taking over. Spiegel and Bernstein are in for us. I love the whole idea of Spiegel's doing a show and bringing with him the dreaded Dan Bernstein. That should be good. Yes, of course. That should be good. Okay. Well, I'm sure it'll be great. It will. It will. They're, they're, it's, a, um, it's quite the show. It will be quite the show. I mean, I don't know how they're ever going to live up to the 11 to 2 time slot on Saturdays. Or live down to it. Yes. How can they possibly live down to our incredibly low bar? Yeah, That's the Spiegel's question. Spiegel's already seen it, been a part of it. Although I will say this, two, two, two of the best Saturday shows ever I, I have experienced I did with Bernstein. One was we had soccer nicknames. We, gave, we could never do that show now for some of the nicknames we gave out. Oh we my. did that in 94 in advance of the World Cup with Chicago being home of Soccer House. But the Travis Knight, when the Bulls paid Michael Jordan over $30 million, when they paid him that money, we did the sh- And they had to renounce their rights to Travis Knight about 20 minutes after they drafted him. We did the show. We said, what's your, we'll talk about whatever, you know, baseball. We'll talk about the Cubs and Sox. But we want you to share with us, what's your favorite memory of the Travis Knight era? So is that where the, the the bit that everyone always brings up when there's like the the joking bit like what's your favorite memory uh-huh. of whatever that where, is that where that comes from is I, that where that or, originated or I, did you guys steal that from someone else I don't I don't recall I just know that when he walked in that day we discussed I said I have this idea we should do that and we did it just as an aside I thought it would be a throwaway and we spent three hours and forty five minutes on. What's your favorite memory? <laughs> People were calling in. It's I got so emotional, but I remember driving in on the Kennedy that day, and we were all stopped because they changed Travis Knight's hair on the top of the Bigsby and Crothers building. Or the time, my favorite memory of the Travis Knight era was when, when they won that 17th ring, and he was responsible for scoring like 170 points. It was that's what it, it became that way for three hours and 45 minutes to the point. That word made it back to Travis Knight's family, I think across the lake in Michigan. And they were not happy with us. They had no no idea what was going on. And back again, we had fax machines at that time. That's what we were dealing with. It wasn't, (laughs) we didn't have the interwebs. Someone took the time to fax, hey, stop talking about my kids. Right. So if you do that, and the very first, the very first segment of the first show I ever did with Dan Bernstein was that he was, he came on the air and told me that. Deion Sanders was overrated. Sanders must have signed it. And I said, are you an, what kind of idiot are you? <laughs> what, he's a man who takes away half the field. That means you've got 10 other defensive players to cover the rest of the offense. And he's taking away half the field and your best player. And you have no use for that in, in any kind of passing offense. And whatever, the segment ended. And apparently he later heard from his family. He's like, and he came back to me and said, well, they all agreed with you, and they think it's really good that you told me that on the air. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> he talked him down. So wait, he heard from 
the Deion Sanders family? No, no, no. Or he from his, his own family. His own family, his own family was India. happy right. that he got smacked around right, on the radio. That's, you know, that doesn't so, shock me. Some of the best shows I've done, some of the best exchanges that I've done were with Dan Bernstein. So, Matt Spiegel, enjoy. Uh, all right, so... I heard from people and um, at my Trader Joe's, and, and there's one man who is uh, Obi Dan Kenobi, who he's a man of significant wisdom and size. And he heard you last week explain and try to defend the idea that you've never seen The Godfather. Yeah. The yeah. 50th anniversary was this week of its release. He felt embarrassed for you. This yeah. man was trying to take on all the embarrassment that you exuded or should have exuded, and he felt embarrassed for you. And the look on his face as he was explaining <laughs> this to me, what a... It's still a crime. I cannot believe you're still in sports talk radio a week after admitting you'd never seen either of the first two. I'm shocked too, but they let me back on apparently, and I still don't care. You need to work on that. You have homework. You need to work on that. Well, I'll get we, to it eventually. We'll we also talked about Mondegreens, right? Misheard song lyrics. Mm-hmm. That's the mm-hmm. word for misheard song lyrics. So... The one we talked about, which is the most famous, most popular, best known, was his friends pumped it up. We were discussing Courtney Cox last week. So here's our Mondegreen. It was it was Elton John. It was Tiny Dancer. Can we get right to the line? Do we have that? Uh, no. It's in, I, I don't know if this version has lyrics. It probably doesn't. No, it wouldn't because it would be on right now. So this version doesn't have lyrics. I needed the lyrics. That was the whole point of a Mondegreen because it's misheard lyrics. So we okay, see, the, I misunderstood we what you were saying. I thought you just wanted the music underneath. And as I was going to sing the wrong lyrics. Oh, yeah. Well, next week then. <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> oh, wait, we're not on. All next right, week. it was such Two a good idea. We were going to do Mondegreen's misheard song lyrics, so we bring on the song. It was hold I me, misunderstood hold what me you were closer, saying. tiny. Dancer was misheard as Hold Me Closer, Tony Danza. I mean, I still think this sounds good. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like a really cheesy piano lounge. I think it sounds great. All right. So, there was a... We were discussing other Mondegreens, and there's one by Creedence Clearwater, I almost said Clarence Creedwater Revival. Clarence. That would be I will make it that will be a character in a manuscript I write. <laughs> Clarence Clearwater Clarence, Revival. Clarence Creedwater. Yeah, this one was Bad Moon Rising. Yeah. And so the misheard lyric, and instead the, the correct lyric is There's a bad moon on the rise. But it is misheard as there's a bathroom on the right. See, I never heard that one before. Oh, yeah. I've never misheard Well, you're not old weird. enough. Ask Sweet not. Alice and Shooter. They know Credence. Well, of course or they do. Clarence Creedwater. Clarence. That, that's a Clarence great name Creedwater. for a character. What is Cl- Clarence Creedwater? What show would he be in? I, I don't know. He'd be in a manuscript. What would he do? What would I have to write this? Because I've got other names for characters. There's a bathroom on the right. Okay. Then there is one from Led Zeppelin. This one I'd also never heard. You never heard this one? No, I, I'm familiar with this Mondegreen, this misheard lyric. 
from Stairway to Heaven. And the lyric, the correct lyric is, and there, and as we wind on down the road, our shadows taller than our souls, which is a really nice lyric from a, a group you can have and don't bother me with that. <sighs> but the misheard lyric, the Mondegreen for that, and you could hear the high pitch, the screeching, the spirit eviscerating sound of their voices. And there's a wino down the road. I should have stolen Oreos. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I, it is. It is I like a really one. good misheard lyric. And anyway, hold on. We're, we got to get into this just a little bit because you told me before the show you're not a Led Zeppelin guy, and you're allowed to have your own wrong opinions. But you're going to give me crap for not liking The Godfather, which. You say it's all time legendary, legend, legend and, yeah, and and, 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 it's and not sit there sp- and not agree that Led Zeppelin's a legendary band. No, oh, don't bother. What's wrong me with, with you? that? Because I, I, I think spirit eviscerating and soul crushing would be descriptions of their music. Can you at least? All right, somebody least- is somebody has grabbed onto their private parts and is swinging like Tarzan, <laughs> and they are. They are screeching so at a level like, that only Costa Rican Amazonian so, so monkeys can understand. You don't like the the vocals. What about the rest? There is no rest. What, that that they, is. That runs you off. That's I don't know how window, it runs you off. Window shatter. It, Do you not like Rush then? No. You don't like Rush? It, it's okay. I mean, Tom Sawyer's, it's tolerable. Come on. Yeah. Oh, you're got to be kidding me! You, so no, you're not I'm a Mars trying Volta. to explain you're, to you. You're I'm not trying to bring you. Trying to bring you. Can you at out least, of the bad taste? Can club. you at least, at least level with me on John Bonham being a, one of the probably the best drummer of all time? You know, a dead Keith Moon wants a word with you, and well, Nandy Bushnell is better than all of them. Who? Yeah. Okay. No. What, what was the name? I didn't hear you. Nandy Bushnell. Nandy Bush. I'm actually not familiar with that one, which is shocking because I've studied the history of drumming extensively. Like Gene Krupa, legend. Nandy Bushnell. And and look, Keith Moon. Nandy Keith Moon's also Bushnell awesome. Blows away your Foo Fighters guy. Dave Grohl. Yep. Well, he's not that high on the list for me. Okay. He's really good. All you got to do is use the Google machine. You don't know Nandy Bushnell. I'm right. This is in your wheelhouse. Interwebs boy, Google boy, YouTube boy, TikTok boy. She's playing Rush. She's playing Tom Sawyer. Oh, One okay. of the toughest things to do. Nandy Bushnell is killing it and smiling while is. she does it. I know who that is. Yeah, yeah, she's great. She's 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 not John Bonham. She's not. I mean, come on. She, <laughs> okay. You got me all out of sorts. <laughs> it, you, it's not. She's not Neil Peart. She's not Thomas Hack of Meshiga. Of Meshigas? Meshiga. That's the, that's the Jewish What about Danny Carey? The Jewish band. Tool? Come on. Tool. Yeah. Okay. So, anyways, a 312, um, 323 texture. I got, I'm with you on this. The Manfred Mann Earth Band. That is a famous Mondegreen that we cannot say on the radio. We are not about to say that. We, oh. you, you can be blinded by your own light and your own misheard lyrics. We are not about to do that. But what was suggested to me, and a texture came up with it, the um, 312 texture came up with it. My Joe, my frozen guy from Trader Joe's, said, you got, he said, you have not done my f- most famous Mondegreen, and it was by Jimi Hendrix, and it was Purple Haze. 
and the that used to be yeah so the lyric is excuse me while I kiss the sky yes misheard as excuse me while I kiss this guy hmm that's See, I wasn't the, that familiar with that one either that's the Mondegreen it doesn't and seem jo- and Joe says Joe said that Jimi Hendrix was in on the joke he knew that was the misheard lyric, even before, maybe even before Mondegreen had gained fame as that word describing misheard lyrics, and he said it on stage, pointing <laughs> to his bassist. Excuse me while I kiss this guy, and he hooked it. We had the lyrics. We finally had the lyrics for Mondegreen. Yeah, we got that one. What? A- oh. Okay. Anyways. That was it. I wanted to bring up the our weekly Mondegreens. I'm sure we will come up with more, and people love them. And we can only do ones we can air. We that's why we can't do Manfred Mann, and um, and <clears throat> Blinded by the Light. We just can't say that hmm. on the air. You have to tell me off air what the Mondegreen for that one is because I don't know it. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll have to because I can't. Turning I could do it if time. we were just on the interwebs. Right? Oh, yeah, totally. Everything online yeah. does. FCC doesn't regulate that. Right. There's only only terrestrial radio here. So thank you for <clears throat> suffering through the embarrassment again of admitting you. Wow, you, you've kind of doubled it in that you. How have I doubled it? You haven't seen Godfather and you're, you're caping for Led Zeppelin. Oh, I think you're in the I wrong on that think- one. I think you're in the vast minority on that. Come on. Trying to save you. Trying to save you more embarrassment. So last night the Bulls played, and it was not a happy thing. They have a win-or-die game coming up. And it was yesterday was also the anniversary. On the night that they lost in Phoenix, it was also the anniversary of the famous facts. I'm back. And that led to the repeat three-peat, my friend. It also led to an interview that Chuck Swirsky did on these airwaves with Chairman Reinsdorf. Disputing, talking about, explaining some stuff in, in that Tracy McGrady said about nearly becoming a bull and a trade and who said what and who did what. So we will let Chuck and the chairman explain it all to you after this. Steve Rosenblum, Adam Stadzinski, Trash Pandas in for Grody on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Welcome in, welcome back. Steve Rosenblum, Trash Panda in for Grody, Saturday Suckage. We suck so you don't have to. It's just part of being American heroes. It's the way we work. So, It's a public service. It is. It is. And we're happy to do that. We're happy to do our part. And we weren't good enough to stop the Bulls from sucking against the Suns. The Suns did not have Chris Paul, no Jay Crowder, and no problem. The Devin Booker had 20 points in the first half, and the Suns beat the Bulls by 27 points. Second time, second, right? Second time on over 125 again. They did that right? back to back games, back to back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they lost to Sacramento to start this thing. Sacramento, by the way, a team that got beat by a million points by Boston. So Boston's a game up, game and a half up on the Bulls. The Bulls are a game ahead of Cleveland, two games up on the Raptors, who miraculously lost to the lame Lakers of LeBron. And Monday means win or die for the Bulls. Against the Raptors, just 
just make sure you don't end up in that play-in situation. But also during last night's game, halftime, Chuck Swirsky, halftime game, halftime you heard here on the score, Chuck Swirsky sat down with Chairman Reinsdorf because yesterday was the 18th or 27th anniversary of the I'm Back Facts. Parents, tell your kids about that machine. And it was tied in with a podcast kerfuffle created by Tracy McGrady of saying he was going to be traded the Bulls and Jordan won them and there was this and there was that. And, 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 and So here's the discussion that Chuck Swirsky had with the Chuck and the chairman at halftime on these airwaves. Welcome back on the Chicago Bulls Radio Network. This is Chuck Swirsky. Yesterday, I had a chance to sit down with the chairman of the Bulls, Jerry Reinsdorf. So, Jerry, on a recent podcast co-hosted by two NBA players, former NBA players, Darius Miles and Quentin Richardson, McGrady implied that on the eve of the 97 draft, a deal was in place that uh, would have consummated a trade between the Bulls and an unspecified team, perhaps Boston, uh, that uh, would have made uh, McGrady a member of the Chicago Bulls. But when Michael Jordan caught wind of this, that he... Uh, threatened to retire. So what are your thoughts? Well, th- th- I understand uh, that there's a lot of truth to the story, but the, the one part that's not true is that Michael Jordan in any way communicated with the Chicago Bulls his displeasure over the trade. We had won five championships at that point. And, uh, you know, and, and, and Kraus came to me and said, look, I, I'm not sure I can't guarantee you, I don't know how strong I feel about winning a sixth championship. Uh, but I have a chance. To, I have a chance to trade Scottie Pippen to the Boston Celtics for two very high picks. I think they're picks number three and number six in the draft. And Kraus, if we had done that deal, he was going to take Tracy McGrady and he was going to take uh, Ron Mercer. And uh, I thought long and hard about it. But my decision came down to this: What would our fans want us to do? Mm-hmm. And I and I concluded that our fans would want us to win a sixth championship, even if it meant that we weren't going to be that good afterwards. And that's why I vetoed the trade. I never heard from Michael Jordan uh, about it. If Krauss heard anything from Michael Jordan, he would have had to have told me about it. But after this uh, podcast, I, I contacted Michael Jordan and asked him if there was any truth. And uh, his reply to me was BS. <laughs> that, uh, and, and that's the case. I don't even know if Michael was aware of it, but he certainly never communicated to us, never threatened to retire. And we, the only reason that trade didn't go through was I felt that our fans wanted a sixth championship, and I wanted a sixth championship. That's the chairman of the Chicago Bulls, Jerry Reins. Chuck Swirsky and the chairman talking about that. The uh, and, and interesting that he having the discussion on the 27th anniversary of Michael... <clears throat> Well, David Falk's company sending the I'm back facts, and that was that. So you got a repeat of the three-peat. <clears throat> but this year's Bulls look like they gave it. It was a wonderful ride. They were really good early. They, they appear to be contending for the spot that a lot of us had kind of hoped for. I thought if they, get, if they avoid the play-in, that's a really good season. I didn't know what these parts would bring. I didn't know I would be this good. I don't think anybody did or wouldn't have been drafted in the second round. I didn't know what effect Caruso would have. You don't know what injuries and the way this has played out. Isn't this kind of where if they settle in the sixth spot, isn't this what you, or the fifth spot, they're a game ahead of Cleveland now. Isn't this like if you go back to the preseason or can you not eliminate 
what happened during the season and the best record in the East at one point. I think that you're right. This is coming into the year about where we thought they would end up. And they they raised their own standards by winning the way that they did. And so now that's why fans react the way that they are when they lose to these good teams that they were never better than. And now they they did manage to beat a few good teams, what three of them to this point. Yeah. And that's most and I think all those wins came when they were pretty much healthy and you also look at the 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 fact that they're they're still without Lonzo Ball, Caruso's just getting back. I know Patrick Williams too, but I think that they still have lost a little bit of an edge and that's where they're starting. because early in the season they would go into the fourth quarter still like kind of hanging in with a team that they're clearly better than and then they just bury them. They're not doing that anymore. They've oh. lost this little edge that they used to have. That edge was DeMar DeRozan taking over. Yes. And now everybody's double, triple teaming him, making everybody else beat him. We'll see how that plays out and see how the resourceful the, the Bulls are. So he's Trash Banda. He's in for Grody. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Saturday Suckage. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in a couple weeks right here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. It wouldn't have been possible if we weren't here to be told how much we suck. So kudos to you guys for sucking as bad as we do. Oh, yes. Wait Wait a minute, Mr. Post. Wait, wait. Wait. Oh, yeah. That's it. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.